You are listening to the recording of a live show. Please do not call or text, as this is a recording, and lines are now closed. Bismillahirrahmanirrahim. Assalamu alaikum wa rahmatullahi wa barakatuhu. Peace and blessings of Allah be upon you all. Welcome to another edition of the Drive Time Show here on The Voice of Islam Radio. Today is Wednesday, the 28th of September 2022, with your usual Wednesday afternoon drive time show presenters, myself, Shajid Ahmed, and also Dr. Tariq Bajasab, as well as uh, Aniko Rahman Sahib, as well. Uh, Assalamu alaikum, gentlemen. How are you guys doing this afternoon? Wa alaikum salam. Peace be on you and to all our listeners. Yeah, we are all very well. I think it's, it's getting a bit cold, isn't it? Yeah, definitely. <laughs> definitely, definitely. <laughs> I mean, yesterday, yesterday was the first time. Uh, I actually, I actually turned the heating on in my car, oh so right. that's how you know. That's how you know it's getting, uh, is getting cold, definitely. Um, but um, some, uh, we're gonna, we're gonna warm you up with some uh, very interesting topics, um, very, you know, topics which are related to Islam Ahmadiyat uh, in particular, and uh, it's very interesting actually because uh, we're going to be speaking about um, actually the the truthfulness. The truthfulness of the of the promised Messiah upon whom be peace, Hazrat Mirza Ghulam Muhammad of Qadian, the founder of the the founder of the Ahmadiyya Muslim community, and how you know he he came to the world, how you know when he came to the world, God Almighty you know commissioned him uh, to be to be the promised Messiah, to be the awaited Mahdi, and of course there were different signs which were manifested uh, uh, throughout his lifetime, but not just throughout his lifetime. After you know, after his demise and then the institution of caliphate, Khilafat came after that one as well. And at the moment, we are living under the fifth caliphate of the Promised Messiah, and the the current uh, the current caliph, he his name is Hazrat Mirza Masrur Ahmad Mayallah, be his helper. At the moment, currently, he is on his tour uh, in America, and uh, that's something. I mean, that's something that we're going to be speaking about towards the latter part of the show. But in the first part of the show, we're going to be speaking about, uh, I mean, both of these topics are going to be interlinked. So it's going to be a very interesting show. Make sure you do uh, tune in and stay tuned uh, as well. Um, Particularly the, yeah. uh, today's topic is related to one of the prophecy which was mm. about exactly. to be fulfilled at exactly. the time of the, uh, of the uh, leader, spiritual leader of the latter days. Um, who will be Imam Mahdi and Messiah? Mm-hmm. And there was a prophecy which was uh, the Holy Prophet, uh, Prophet Muhammad, may peace and blessings of Allah be upon him. He had prophesied that one of the signs of the last hour is that the sun will rise from the west. Mm-hmm. So it's particularly in relation to that uh, that the current head of the Ahmadiyya Muslim community, Hazrat Mirza Masroor Ahmad, may Allah strengthen his hands. He is on a tour, uh, on his tour. Uh, to inaugurate a couple of mosques in uh, United States, mm-hmm. and um, uh, so that's that's why uh, this topic has been chosen today, and uh, how this is related, and how we are witnessing the fulfillment of this prophecy uh, mm-hmm. with our own eyes. That uh, um, it's it's not that uh, it's just today, but particularly it is important that one of the challenger of uh, 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 somebody who was challenged by by the Hazrat Mirza Ulam Ahmed Al-Qadiyan who claimed to be the Imam uh, of the time and he claimed to be the Messiah of the time. Yeah. Uh, he challenged one person who was living uh, and he actually uh, he actually built up a, 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 a town and he named it at Zion and he also claimed to be the Messiah. Mm. He claimed to be Elijah. Yeah, yeah, he came to be Elijah. Yeah, and uh, uh, and uh, our current head is uh, right now. He's there, 
mm. and he's he's going to inaugurate a mosque there um, uh, right in front of the the place where he had built his mm. and it is in that the particular that particular town, that locality uh, Zion. yeah and 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 we are uh, observing that either the sun is rising from the west and uh, the place where which, which was he tried to create it uh, as a center of the uh, christianity and he named it as a christian cathedral christians uh, of a cathedral uh, mm. in in zion he he built that and uh, today a, a mosque has been built there by the ahmadiyya muslim community and they've got this uh, and so so we'll see how uh, this is being fulfilled uh, this prophecy it's i mean it is a remarkable prophecy as well and be, and you know before uh, you just coming into the studio so I, I was looking at some youtube uh, youtube videos and some documentaries about Dawi, Dr. Alexander Dawi, uh, who was that person that you just alluded to as well, and uh, you know some 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 people have said uh, you know to, talking about his death that he that he got ill and he died, but they don't mention you know they don't they didn't mention the the promised Messiah upon whom be peace. They didn't they didn't mention him. They didn't mention the the duel that he had the prayer duel that he had with him, and uh, you know <laughs> it's interesting it's interesting to see that how. people are are very quick to cover up something which which can be against uh, against them as well but if you look at the facts if you look at the newspapers if you look at you know the time uh, you know the, the the media in that time it was covered with uh, you know with this whole news as well um but that's but that's that's something that we are going to be speaking about uh, a little bit later on as i mentioned that uh, these two topics that we that we're talking about today are are very much interlinked and also because it is an interactive show We want to get your thoughts uh, as well. Of course, if you have any questions, and you can also call us. the The line is uh, open. Uh, you can call in at uh, on zero two zero eight six eight seven seven eight seven eight. You can also tweet us at uh, Voice of Islam UK as well, or leave us any uh, uh, comments on our Instagram page, which is also Voice of Islam uh, as well. So uh, make sure you do that as well. As mentioned, the Holy Quran refers to the the Holy Prophet of Islam, peace and peace and blessings of Allah be upon him, as as as, as the shining light or light giving sun. And uh, since since the sun of spiritual guidance has um, sort of de- you know, descended in the e- in the east, uh, revealing deep religious truth for the whole of mankind, it was actually destined that his message shall also reach the west and also not just reach there, but actually be accepted over there as well. Now, Western materialistic philosophy and science, by means of its human exertions and endeavor. cannot quench the spiritual thirst of the western natures and this is why god almighty destined the spiritual enlightenment of the west um that you know that so that could actually occur when the revelation of god almighty would reach this would reach the west and the western nations the western countries uh and the words and he shall cause it to prevail over all religions which is mentioned in the holy quran will be fulfilled through the advent of the promised messiah upon whom be peace and also the awaited mahdi hazrat mirza ghulam ahmed of qadian as well um talking about interpreting the prophecy of the holy prophet uh, peace and blessings of allah be upon him um anything that uh, you know that comes into mind or anything that you want to mention the promised messiah uh, on whom be peace you know he he has actually interpreted the prophecy Uh, of the Holy Prophet, may peace and blessings of Allah be upon him, and 
um, he has uh, written that similarly in one of his writings he, mm. he says that uh, the rising of the sun from the west which will take place we believe in it however what was disclosed to this humble one through a vision is that the sun rising from west means that the western countries which had been engulfed by the darkness of infidelity and ignorance will be illuminated by the sun of truth and they will have a share of Islam. I, I saw myself standing on a rostrum in, in London revealing the truth of Islam through well-reasoned arguments in English language. Afterwards, I caught many birds sitting on small trees. Their color was white and their bodies were like those of partridges. Therefore, I interpreted this to mean that even though not me, yet my writings would spread amongst those people and many righteous Englishmen would become the prey of truth. In fact, the connection of the Western countries with religious honesty had hitherto been very rare. It is as if Allah gave knowledge of religion to the whole of Asia and secular knowledge to Europe and America. The chain of prophet would also remain with Asia, as did the benefits uh, of uh, consummate sainthood. Now God Almighty wants to encompass these people with his divine mercy. So that, that was the interpretation which was given by, by the, the holy founder of the Ahmadiyya Muslim community. And uh, so, so the sun rising from the west may seem an impossible event. I mean, it's, it's apparently according to the science or according to the, the physical things hmm. um, it, it is impossible so obviously it has to be interpreted and uh, this this was prophesied by the holy prophet may peace and blessings of Allah be upon him and um, so many years so many um, uh, years ago and the companions of the holy prophet they were discussing the last hour when he came and asked them what they were doing he said there would be 10 signs before the end of the world will come to pass and it's very interesting to go through those 10 signs. Yeah. And uh, you see, one by one, we can see that these, these things have happened and how um, just by some of, the, some of the, the, the great prophecies, just because people take it as a uh, literally rather than understanding its meaning and interpretation, uh, they do not understand uh, and realize how great those prophecies are. So, you know, in, um, as uh, Dr. Saab mentioned hmm. regarding the signs with, with the Holy Prophet, peace be upon him, has mentioned regarding uh, the, the sunshine from the West. The Holy Prophet, uh, you know, mentioned the signs which as follows that, uh, you know, there will be smoke and antichrist, the beast, the rising of the sun from the West, the, the, the descent of, uh, of Jesus, son hmm. of Mary, Gog and Magog and three eclipses one in the east and one in the west and one in the Arabia. And even scientists have discovered evidence that the Earth magnetic poles have reversed many times and the last one took place some 780,000 years ago. And some geologists believe that you know the next shift could be less than 1,000 years away. So this information was not available to the Holy Prophet, peace and blessing will be upon him, when he made uh, this prophecy. Hmm. And uh, during the promised Messiah, uh, the founder of Ahmadiyya community, explaining this event, has written in his book, The Remo Removal of Doubt. He said, I certainly believe in the rising of the sun from the west. That said, it has been disclosed to me in a vision. 
that the meaning of the rising of the sun from the west is that the western countries which from ancient times have been involved in the darkness of disbelief and error will be illumined by the sun of truth and will partake of Islam. So this was revealed to him by God that the Holy Prophet has said that even if the entire world came to believe on that day it would not benefit them and the doors of repentance would be closed and the problem Islam has further explained this and Hazur says that the doors of repentance will close doesn't mean that repentance will not be accepted the meaning is that when the people of western nations enter in Islam droves at that time a great revelation in religions shall occur and when this son of Islam rises it in the fullest sense only those people shall be deprived of Islam from whom the doors of repentance have closed so whose inner nature are utterly unsuited for accepting Islam so in the same vision he related that uh, he is standing on a pulpit in London setting forth the truth of Islam in the English language he then caught several white you know the birds hmm. that had been sitting on some trees and uh, he himself interpreted that this vision in the following words and I quote he said that I interpreted this vision as meaning that though I would not be able to travel to that country my writings will be published among them and many righteous English people will be attracted by truth and we are seeing this nowadays by the grace of Allah the Almighty the prophecy fulfilled every single day hmm. we see that many English people right. are joining Ahmadiyyat, are joining Islam by the reading through the read, you know, by the reading the books of the Prophet Islam, and by the liking the teaching of Islam, and uh, you know, when they start reading the books of the Prophet Islam, the doubts they have uh, for Islam, and you know the misconceptions they have, the books of the Prophet Islam, the writings of the Prophet Islam, you know, it removes all the doubts. And a person, you know, start liking Islam and Alhamdulillah, by the grace of Allah the Almighty, many pious soul, souls are joining Islam on a daily basis. And you know, this is, this is, because, this is because God Almighty uh, actually, you know, sort of taught the promised Messiah upon whom be peace, the actual teachings of the Holy Quran as well. If we look at, I mean, it's sad to say, but if we, if we look on the other side, if we look at other Muslims, right, they, they, they also believe in the coming of the Messiah. They also believe in the awaited Mahdi. But they believe in something which is far-fetched. They believe, as they believe Jesus, son of Mary, peace mm-hmm. be upon uh, both of them, that he was the one, you know, God Almighty raised him to the sky, and he is that same Messiah who is going to come back. Come back they yeah. believe in the literal meaning of the ascension of Jesus and then how he's going to descend and uh, various things as well. Um, also, you know, it's not just this. It's various other prophecies, various other teachings, very core, core teachings about not just the latter days, but of the coming of the Messiah and what will be, uh, you know, what will be the state of the world in, 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 at that time. But as I mentioned before, that this is because God Almighty actually taught the promised Messiah upon whom be peace, what the actual true teachings of Islam are and also what the what the what the right interpretation of those verses are but also the sayings and the traditions of the Holy Prophet peace and blessings of Allah be upon him whatever he said 
you know, it, 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 he, he mentioned all of those things. He clarified all of those things. And that's a very, a very big thing for us. And then when you talk about when these teachings are portrayed, when these teachings are actually sent out to the West, especially because people of the West are, are people of, of uh, you know, they, 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 they believe in ration. They're, they're, they're rational people. They, they don't, they, they, they're very uh, educated people as well as people in the East, of course. But you see people who, people in the West, they, they believe in logic more. They believe things which are believable. You know, somebody goes mm. to the sky, who's going to believe that? You can't believe that unless if they believe in superstition, unless they, they believe in magic or something else. If you look at logic, that logically cannot happen. If you look at the law of nature, the law of nature doesn't support that. Gravity, I mean, gravity, as uh, you know, as, as it is, it uh, pulls you to the ground. How can someone go to the sky? So all of these things are very, very much important. And when these teachings are actually... I actually told to the West and those people actually listen to these things and then they accept these things as well and come into the fold of uh, Ahmadiyya, the true Islam as well. And with this, let's um, let's uh, move on to our guest of the afternoon, our first guest for the afternoon, Atawar Rahman Khalid, who is a missionary of the Ahmadiyya Muslim community serving in Ireland. Assalamu alaikum, peace be upon you. Good afternoon and welcome to the show. Wa alaikum Thank you so much for joining us uh, today. Um, to begin with, the, the promised Messiah upon whom be peace, the founder of the Ahmadi Muslim community himself, believed in the in the return of Jesus Christ uh, upon whom be peace, alayhi salam. But then after the uh, after he claimed, he actually claimed to be that same Messiah who was foretold to actually come, who was destined to come. So how and why, you know, can you just clarify this? How can he believe in something and then he claim that uh, that as well? Why did he change his mind? Well, you see, the opponents of uh, the Amda community, they present this, um, a particular quote of the Prophet uh, from Brahini Amdiya, one of his writings, early writings, in which he just generally mentioned the prevalent belief of the Muslims of the time regarding Hazrat Isa. And um, so they use this as an allegation to say that, you know, uh, was he not informed? Was he in error? Even though you say he is a prophet of God. So when we look at this actual quotation, we find that nowhere does he claim this statement to be from God. And he merely presents it as the prevalent belief of Muslims of the time. And straight after it, he mentions that, but it has been revealed to me. That so, in other words, he differentiates this earlier statement about you know this belief of Jesus being alive in heaven and uh, his his return. He uses the word "but" after it, hmm. and he then you know referring to revelation or knowledge from God, he mentions that this is something he knows from God that Allah has likened him to uh, Jesus, the Messiah in terms of his attributes and his character. So, um, while the Prophet Sallallahu um, you know, uh, in, his, in his writing, Noah's Ark, he later on pointed to this, quote, uh, this uh, you know, earlier writing, hmm. and he clarified that this uh, only alludes to the fact that, um, you know, it, it's a testament to his innocence, this earlier statement, is a testament to his innocence and lack of pretense. 
And moreover, the opponents of the, the community cannot use this as evidence uh, and an argument against him because he has no claim of having knowledge of the unseen. So mm. in reality, he merely just presented what the the belief, prevalent belief of Muslims was at the time. Mm. And then later on, when Allah Almighty clearly revealed to him the reality and certain verses of the Holy Quran became very apparent to him, he then presented uh, the, the, the reality, which was that Hazrat Isa Islam passed away. So, you know, if this allegation is seen to be correct and genuine, then this same allegation could then be presented by the Jews. They could say that, you know, um, the Baitul Maqdis is the true Qibla. And as an argument, they would cite the example of the Holy Prophet وسلم, and his companions, that they used to pray towards the, the uh, towards Baitul Maqdis. Hmm. Um, but of course we know that uh, even, uh, all the Prophets of Allah, they follow the customs which are prevalent in their time until Allah corrects them and guides them. Absolutely, absolutely. It's just about, um, you know, it's as simple as that. God Almighty reveals something to him and then he just, uh, he that is exactly what he said to the people as well. He didn't say anything from himself. Absolutely. Um, the promised Messiah upon whom be peace, he, he called himself the reflection of uh, of all the prophets. Now, h- how is this significant? Uh, what does this actually mean? Yeah, I think this is a, a really good question, and in fact, even this is used as an allegation against uh, Hazrat Mirza Ghulam Ahmed, peace be upon him, to say that God forbid that by claiming to be a likeness of Noah and Abraham and Jesus and even the Holy Prophet Muhammad sallallahu alaihi wasallam himself, um, he in a way, you know, um, insulted the prophets of God. God forbid. Mm. But of course, this is not the case, and you know, even the Holy Quran speaks of a time in the, uh, in the latter days um, uh, you know in in, in surah al-mursalat it says why is there rusul uqitat and when the messengers are made to appear at the appointed time which indicates that in the latter days there would be a time when a person would be sent who would be a reflection of the past prophets of god and the prophet al-islam himself has explained the meaning of him being a reflection of these various prophets uh, he, he has written in Brahini Amdiya part 5 This revelation means that I have been bestowed some portion of the special circumstances or special qualities of all the prophets peace be on them who have appeared from God be- beginning with Adam till the end whether they were Israelis by descent or non-Israelis there has not been a single prophet of whose qualities or circumstances I have not been bestowed a portion. In this, there is an indication that many people of this age resemble the bitter enemies and opponents of the prophets, peace be on them, who had exceeded the limits in their rancor and who were destroyed by various types of torments. There has also been displayed and will be displayed in the future the various types of aid and support which God Almighty had displayed in the case of previous prophets. So, you know, even we see the early sages of Islam, the the, the pious uh, ulama that have passed away, um, even they have, uh, you know, um, understood the reality of this concept. For example, Hazrat Sheikh Abdul Qadir Jilani, rahimullah alayhi, mm. a, a renowned sage of Islam, 
he uh, states a person ri- rises till he arrives at a station where he becomes the heir of every messenger prophet and siddiq meaning uh, this is a spiritual station uh, for the truthful so this is in futuhul ghaib so uh, similarly he he in another place in uh, guldasta he has written this is not the person of abdul qadir but the person of muhammad sallallahu alaihi wasallam so meaning he called himself muhammad hmm. so th- this is just a, 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 a you know spiritual station which is given to the believers who follow in the footsteps of the prophets and they become true obedient servants true uh, students of the master of the holy prophet peace be upon him that they become his reflection and uh, even another sage uh, famous sage hazrat bayazid uh, bistami he has written i am ibrahim i am i am moses and muhammad peace and blessings of allah be upon him so he also called himself these various prophets so if anyone were to make an allegation against the prophet sallallahu alaihi for this claim then they would also the same allegation would would be be uh, fall against uh, these uh, past sages in the history of islam so okay. in fact this statement of the prophet sallallahu alaihi this this uh, you know the fact that he said he was a reflection of these prophets is not an insult and nor is hazrat mirza ghulam ahmed in any way shape or form boasting uh, when we look at his writings he has clearly said that you know he is just like a uh, the dirt in the in the you know the the streets in which the holy prophet sallallahu alaihi wasallam walked um on so um he he states in his poetical word i cherish that light i am enamored with him he exists and i am but not this is the final verdict meaning he calls himself nothing compared to the holy prophet peace be upon him so the the reality of the matter is as i said anyone who truly follows in the footsteps of the prophets they become like a mirror they begin to reflect the attributes of that prophet but in no way shape or form do they become a sharer of the excellence of that prophet so it is it is not an insult it doesn't take away from their lofty station in fact all the praise and credit goes to the actual prophet so hazrat mirza ghulam ahmed being a reflection of the holy prophet sallallahu alaihi wasallam only uh, reflects on the the lofty station of the holy prophet peace be upon him thank you for uh, uh, clarifying uh, that as well that was uh, very very much important um something which uh, the especially the the non ahmadi muslims they they also raise these allegations as well that how can you how can you even say that hazrat mirza ghulam ahmed of qadian was uh, you know was actually the promised messiah upon whom be peace who was you know destined to come how can you say that through through evidence from the holy quran so the question is what what verse or what verses of the holy quran give truthfulness or support the truthfulness of the promised messiah upon whom be peace his his claim well um there are many verses in the holy quran which um, you know prove the truthfulness of the prophet sallallahu islam uh for example you know in surah al juma um allah almighty mentions the second advent spiritual advent of the holy prophet peace be upon him and in sahih bukhari in the book of commentary of of this verse um it is narrated that when the companions when this verse was revealed when um and it mentioned 
the second advent of the Prophet, they asked who were these other people among whom the Prophet had not appeared. And the Holy Prophet, peace be upon him, placed his hand on the shoulder of the only non-Arab who was present at the time, Hazrat Salman Farsi, peace be upon him, may Allah be pleased with him. And he said that even if the faith goes to the furthest stars, the Pleiades, someone from among uh, him would, would bring it back, meaning someone of Persian descent would bring faith back. So this was a prophecy which was fulfilled in the person of Hazrat Mirza Ghulam Ahmad. He was of Persian descent. Uh, similarly, there are so many other prophecies, but we can also look at certain verses of the Holy Quran which give us a criterion to gauge the truthfulness of a claimant to prophethood. So, for example, um, in Surah Yunus, chapter 10, verse 17, Allah the Almighty commands the Holy Prophet ﷺ to say, uh, That say, if Allah had so willed, I should not have recited it to you, nor would, would he have made it known to you. I have indeed lived among you a whole lifetime before this. Hmm. Will you not then understand? Hmm. So in other words, the Holy Prophet, peace be upon him, has been commanded by Allah to say to the disbelieving people that, you know, I've lived my whole lifetime bef- uh, among you before making this claim to prophethood. So do you not then use your intellect that you have witnessed me, uh, me my entire life, I have lived among you, and you knew me for my remarkable qualities of truthfulness and honesty, right? So then how can you then expect that all of a sudden, over the, over the you know, over one night, I should make the, uh, you know, speak the biggest lie, right? Meaning a lie against God, that God has made me a prophet. So this is actually a criterion to test the truthfulness of any claimant to prophethood. And this applies to Hazrat Mirza Ghulam Ahmed, peace be upon him. Anyone can look at his life before his claim. Was he a truthful man? Was he a liar? How did he live? And people witnessed his life before his claim as well. And this criterion was actually, um, uh, you know, the the great uh, force and argument of this criterion was also accepted by uh, the Emperor Heraclius in the time of the Holy Prophet, peace be upon him, when, um, you know, Abu Sufyan, one of the chiefs of uh, Mecca, was called into his, his palace mm. in order to uh, for him to verify the claims of the Holy Prophet, peace be upon him. He asked Abu Sufyan that w- what was, uh, you know, he like or how was he seen by the people before his claim? So he also understood the, the power of this, uh, you know, criterion which is presented in the Holy Quran. And uh, another one, you know, in the Holy Quran, uh, Allah the Almighty says that had the Prophet Muhammad, right, so, so, um, yeah. made a false claim of revelation, had he attributed sayings to Allah, right, we would surely have seized him by the right hand. So I'm referring to Surah al haqqa this is chapter 69, verses 45 to 47. And if he had forged and attribute, attributed any things to us, we would surely have seized him by the right hand. Hmm. And then surely we would have severed his life artery. So what this is indicative of is that anyone who um, falsely attributes, attributes revelation to God Almighty, and he announces this before people, that God said this and this to me, 
right? And he announces that he makes he makes it known. Then Allah the Almighty does not allow such a claimant to have a long life, like we see in the case of the Holy Prophet peace be upon him, right? Mm-hmm. And uh, Allah the Almighty says that He Himself takes it in His own hand and ends the life of such a person. He severs his life artery. So we see Hazrat Mirza Ghulam Ahmed, uh, you know, he in Brahina Amdiya, which I was referred to earlier, mm-hmm. was one of his early writings in the uh, you know early 1880s, uh, which was published. And in there, he mentioned many revelations which he attributed to God. And then we we know he lived a long life after that, and that was the early 1880s, and he passed away in 1908. So uh, and he led a very successful life where he showed many signs and miracles which were witnessed around the world. And, um, you know, he left a large following which is growing, uh, you know, by by the day. And the community is flourishing around the world. So had he been an imposter, then God would have severed his, his life artery. He would have brought an end to this false claimant who, you know, through deception, uh, God forbid, was, you know, misguiding people. So Allah does not allow this to happen. So this is something we find in the Holy Quran. Absolutely, absolutely. I mean, hopefully, you know, if any of our uh, non-Ahmadi brothers, uh, non-Ahmadi Muslim brothers uh, and sisters are listening, then they can benefit uh, from uh, from that answer as well. Very, very eloquently put there. Um, there is a concept among uh, people of of the latter days. That there will be the, the reformer who will come in the latter days, and then he who will actually establish his kingdom on earth, and put the disbelievers to the sword, bathing the world in blood. Now, what is what is the reality of this, and how were the you know the sort of different prophecies mentioned in different religious scriptures fulfilled in the person of Hazrat Mirza Ghulam Ahmad of Ghadian, upon whom be peace. Uh, so. So, you know, even we see in the Jews, they were awaiting the coming of a Messiah and they rejected Hazrat Isa because they had this concept that, you know, Jesus uh, or the Messiah was meant to, you know, establish a kingdom. Mm. And, you know, they, they, they felt that Messiah, of course, the Messiah did not do this. He did not establish any kingdom. And, of course, this, this prophecy was a metaphorical one. And, you know, similarly, even in among the Muslims, we have this concept today where they believe the coming of a bloody Messiah and a bloody Mahdi who would, you know, kill the infidels and the, the disbelievers, right? And, you know, the, bathe the world in blood, uh, as you put it. Um, mm. So th- this, you know, is, is of, co- of course a false concept. And, you know, even the, the Ahadith, the, the sayings of the Prophet which are presented in this regard, uh, some of these are false. Uh, some of them are, you know, misunderstood. Because, firstly, the Holy Quran is very clear that, there, you know, it says, like Rafiddin, there is no compulsion in religion. And the only form of fighting which is, uh, which was allowed, uh, we, we find in the, the history of Islam and, you know, based on the Holy Quran, was when God granted permission for Muslims to fight in a defensive war, when they were not the oppressors, they were the ones being oppressed, and Allah allowed them to, you know, um, take up the sword in defense. Hmm. So, so anyone who believes that the reformer of, you know, of this age was to come and pick up the sword and coerce people into the religion of Islam, or into any religion for that matter, 
is 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 you know um, is is incorrect in in this uh, belief because all prophets um, you know uh, came and preached peace and love for mm-hmm. humanity and uh, wars were only waged in order to defend people and to establish religious freedom uh, so you know these very same mahadis which speak about the holy prophet uh, the advent of the latter day messiah and the mahdi in the most famous book of hadith in the muslims sahih bukhari it is mentioned about the advent of the second coming of the messiah that yada ul harb he would you know bring an end to um, to wars to religious warfare mm. and and this is what was the the mission of the prophet that he was going to come and he was going to bring an end to these wars because there was no need in the time of the Prophet. Um, you know, the religious freedom uh, uh, of people was at stake. And in order to protect that, um, you know, the commandment was given and the Holy Prophet, peace be upon him, was compelled to pick up the sword in defense hmm. in order to not only protect Islam, but, you know, the freedom of religion for all uh, humanity. So that you know the Christians could go on practicing their beliefs and the Jews uh, theirs, etc. But in the time of the Prophet ﷺ, there was no need, and so the Prophet ﷺ, according to the prophecy of the Holy Prophet ﷺ, uh, said that you know there is no need to pick up the sword. And in this day and age, the attack which is being leveled against Islam is the uh, is through the pen. It is through writings. It is through speech. And so the, the jihad, the true jihad, the, the, the true striving in this day and age is through the pen and through writings and through arguments. And this is what the promised Messiah, peace be upon him, did. That through his writings, through his arguments and through his speech, he proved the truthfulness of Islam and of the Holy Prophet, peace be upon him. I mean, very, very well put there again. Um, and, uh, you know, all of these, you know, the, the, the way that you... Uh, you know, telling us the answer. It is, uh, you know, very, very easy to actually understand, and especially those people who maybe have some doubts in their minds, um, for them to actually understand that uh, this was no ordinary person. This was actually a prophet of God Almighty, who claimed to be a prophet of God, because Allah the Almighty told him to, and because of this, divine help and succor was definitely with him. Now, just uh, just before just before we let you go, um. Can you give us some examples of, I know you mentioned uh, many as well, but if you can give some examples of the prophecies which have been fulfilled by the promised Messiah upon whom be peace, which sort of give merit to the truthfulness of the claims he had uh, and he made as well. Definitely there are some opponents of the promised Messiah upon whom be peace as well, such as Bandit Lekram, such as Dawi and uh, you know various other uh, people as well, Piggott. So, can you give us some examples uh, of this as well, please? Yeah, so um, I think well, one of the grandest or the most grand sign which um, I, I could give an example of is um, regarding a promised son. Hmm. This, in fact, was also a prophecy in previous scriptures that the latter day reformer would be given a special son with very special qualities. And um, you know, the Prophet, peace be upon him himself, uh, received a revelation from God. You know, after um, in, in in India at the time, we, you had the Hindus, you had the the Christians, the missionaries arriving uh, from England, and so this had become a hotbed 
for religious debate and Islam was on the receiving end of all the, you know, the attacks um, in terms of against the Holy Prophet, peace be upon him, you know, while attacks were being made against him and uh, uh, and his personage. And so in that time, people were were, were asking Hazrat Mirza Ghulam Muhammad, peace be upon him as well, for a sign to prove the truthfulness of Islam. And um, so um, in that time, he went into seclusion and he prayed, you know, fervently to God that he should manifest a sign which should, you know, prove the truth of Islam um, and the Holy Prophet, peace be upon him. Hmm. And Allah promised him a very special son, that he would be granted a son with, with um, you know, various qualities and it, it numbered 52 qualities, you know, that he would be handsome and he would be very knowledgeable and he would uh, achieve great feats uh, in the service of Islam. And so this was a, a, a grand prophecy because at the time the Prophet, peace be upon him, was uh, of an old age. And um, moreover, he, he wasn't physically, you know, a, a young man and he was suffering from uh, uh, some ailments. And, you know, to prophesy a son and not just any ordinary son, but such a remarkable son. And and if we look at the, the, the history of the community, we find you know, in uh, 1889, he was blessed with this promised son who grew up to be the second caliph who, uh, you know, led the, the community um, through great milestones in the history of uh, the community. And we saw great uh, progress uh, in the face of severe persecution and enmity from the opponents of Islam. So th- this is this is one example. And, you know, just on this, uh, I know on Drive Time, you've, you've done many programs. And then, of course, you know, I mentioned the Christians, I mentioned the the Hindus. So Allah also manifested signs through the Prophet in the way of prophecies which were fulfilled in his very own lifetime regarding, you mentioned, Pandit Lekram. Mm. This was another opponent of Islam who used to use foul language against uh, the Holy Prophet, peace be upon him. And so when he did not desist, um, finally the Prophet made a very clear prophecy about you know his death, that he would die um, if he continued in this way, and the Prophet not only specified the time period in which it would happen, he also specified the nature and way in which he, he, he would be killed, and it exactly transpired in the same way. And you know, Pandit Lekram, this was a, basically a, um, a cleric of the Arya Samaj sect. A very renowned cleric of the Arya Samaj sect of the uh, uh, Hindu sect uh, at the time, uh, and so um, he made a counter prophecy that the Prophet would die within three years of of, of uh, his prophecy. Hmm. But of course, that did not prove truthful. The Prophet outlived him, and Pandit Lekram uh, died within this very same period of time and in this exact same nature in which um, the Prophet had described it. Mm-hmm. Of course, uh, time does not permit to go into the, the the finer details of this, but this was a sign for the Hindu nation. And similarly, God manifested a sign for the, the, the Christian nation as well, not only in India, but as you mentioned, also in America, also in, in, in the UK, you know, through Pigot and Alexander Doi in America, and within India, the, the Christians there, Abdullah Atam, mm-hmm. 
the prophecy about him was a, a grand sign which was fulfilled uh, to the letter. I mean, thank you so much uh, for you know giving us uh, all of these uh, eloquent answers as well. I mean, and I think we almost took uh, about a half an hour of yours, but uh, I think we very extensively covered uh, covered a lot of these uh, different topics and these you know the proof and the truthfulness of the promised Messiah upon whom be peace and how the the sun is actually rising from the west as well. Uh, thank you so much uh, once again. Uh, until next time, Jazakumullah, Assalamu Alaikum warahmatullah. As Mr. Atta <coughs> was discussing mm. the promised son, yeah. we find out that the prophecy which you know, the promised Messiah, peace be upon him, made that uh, I'm giving a speech in the West and uh, I'm, uh, you know, uh, catching the birds. So the, 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 his son, the second caliph of Ahmadiyyad, you know, he went, came to London in 1924. He given a speech uh, in <clears throat> you know the world conference of religion hmm. and uh, his you know uh, the grandson the fourth caliph when he came to england he was giving quite many speeches on the topic of islam so basically the reason the what was happening behind it it was to reach out to people and give the true teaching of islam one thing which comes in everyone's mind that you know the Mirza Ghulam Ahmad of Qadian, he was just not a, a prophet. Hmm. He was the promised Messiah, awaited by many other religions. Right. It was just, you know, awaited by Islam. It was awaited by, you know, Hindus, Christians, uh, you know, Buddhist. And when we go into the, you know, the, the, the teachings of uh, uh, different religions, we find out that everybody is waiting of, you know, a promised Messiah. And... Uh, if I go through by different religion, uh, we know you know the Hindu was waiting for advent of uh, Neha Kalanak, you know Avatar, which is uh, hmm. uh, people know him, and the Christians waiting for appearance of Messiah, right. and Muslim is waiting for Mahdi and Messiah, Zoroastrian also believing in the coming of uh, you know Soshan Prophet, and Buddha is also predicted this. So Guru Baba Nanak also predicted hmm. the advent of great reformer. Yeah. So basically, when we look in the world, all the religions are waiting for a Messiah to come. And as Ahmadiyya Muslim Association or Ahmadis, or we believe that he is the same Messiah, people are waiting for from many years. But one thing uh, we need to, we will discuss further. Even though everybody is waiting for different Messiah, to bring a true peace within the world, it's not possible to have a different persons. And, you know, the true peace can only, uh, you know, uh, uh, we can have a true peace only if only one person mm. contain the same qualities which has been mentioned, uh, you know, in different religion mm. from a different messiah. So I would request uh, Dr. Tariq Sahib if uh, he would like to elaborate this topic further. Yeah, the thing is that, you know, it's a common sense, as you mentioned um, earlier, that there are lots of things which are said or which are presented um, they are uh, metaphorical terms which are used, and uh, if, if, even if you look at, uh, at uh, Prophet Jesus, on whom be peace, mm. you know why did he suffer so much? Just because people thought what he's talking is is literally that he's going to be the king, mm. he's going to take over, he's mm. going to take the government, and that's why they were worried, and he had to suffer so much because they thought, oh, he's going, to, he's he's a rebellion, and he's he's going to take over the the, the kingdom, 
Uh, and he always, uh, you know, referred himself to as a king. Uh, and that's why he suffered. Now, if we, uh, you know, using our common sense, if we think that all the religions and being a Muslim, mm. we cannot be a Muslim unless we believe in the, all the prophets, prophets of God, God Almighty. Mm. And uh, and the promise of Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam, on whom be peace, he has given us a criterion. He has said that a religion which has has uh, its name has survived in the world it had come it, it was followed by a certain number of people although you know it was for a limited time hmm. for a limited people for a limited period yet because it has survived that means it was from God Almighty because that is also an evidence that God wanted that this should remain there on the earth. That's why we see so many religions. We say, um, that, well, particularly if you see the major religions of the world, the Hinduism, <coughs> I think, is one of the oldest religions. Mm. Buddhism um, is one of them. Then, then Zoroastrianism, and then Confucius in China. There are so many followers, uh, his followers as well. We see the Christians. We see um, the Jews as well. Mm. And uh, under this criteria, when we see they have remained that they were all from God. They were all true religions. But if we look deep into that, all of them, there has been a promise. There yes. has been a prophecy that <coughs> their reformer is going to come back come because they did not reach their peak. They did not attain what they wanted to achieve through the throughout, uh, uh, you know, whatever they were uh, trying to achieve within their lifetimes and their successes they followed. Yet it they could not complete the mission and there was a prophecy that they, they will come again. Now, if each one of the religion, if their reformer comes now, mm. it's not going to be peace. It going, it's going to be differences because everybody and it does not make sense that, you know, when the world has become a global village, mm. You at that time, you know, people could not communicate. The, uh, I still remember that even in Pakistan, um, uh, you know, this is what I have heard mm. personally, that in Sindh, uh, you know, the, the villagers, mm. when they go out to the city, they say that I'm going to Pradesh. Pradesh means mm. I'm going uh, to, uh, you foreign know, foreign. foreign because they haven't seen, the, some of them, they, still they haven't seen the train, mm. you know, because... Mm. Uh, that was the sort of uh, uh, status. And now uh, you can communicate. We are sitting here. We're talking to the people in America. We're talking to people. In, uh, in fact, we are talking about <laughs> America as well yeah. today. Yeah. Uh, and later on, we are going to talk about uh, uh, how the sun is rising from west because of the current visit of the uh, Supreme Head of the Ahmadiyya Muslim Community. Hazrat Mirza Masur Ahmadi is going to inaugurate a mosque in Zeon. So what I uh, meant to say is that it is not possible that from every religion one person should should come and start claiming that his religion was true. In fact, God wanted to unite the whole world, yes. and that is why initially there was a question that the promised Messiah, on whom be peace, he claimed to be uh, Ibrahim and Noah and Adam, and and he said that uh, Maccabee. The verse, Makabi, Isa, Kabi, Musa, Kabi, Yaqub, Niz Ibrahim, Meri, Beshumar. They claim that he may name all of them, that I represent all of them. So, he can do the same qualities in it. Because what the message he has brought is for every religion, every religion's message has been summarized into Islam. So, Islam 
is the only religion which claims that it is a universal religion. It is for everyone. It is not only for for the Muslims. It is for it addresses as Ya Yuhannaso, that O mankind, O people. Okay, so it is meant for everyone, and it is the representative of everyone. So everyone's religion has been incorporated into it, and has come as a universal teaching. So all the misunderstandings. Uh, when it was taught, it was uh, you know Huzu, uh, the Holy Prophet, may peace and blessings Allah be upon him. He mentioned about the the, the reformer of the latter days. He said that um, you know kafa antum isan fikum. That what will be your situation when uh, Isa ibn Maryam will descend hmm. among you? Among you. And one, he will be imamukum minkum. He will be from among you. Yeah. He is not going to come from elsewhere. Mm. And then he will be hakam and adal. Mm. Hakam means that he will be the one who will decide what is right and what is wrong. Arbitrator. Yeah. Arbitrator. And he will, because there will be uh, the difference, particularly in the Muslims, uh, Muslims, there are so 73, 72 sects. Why? On the basis of interpretation of the Holy Quran. Mm. But when he will come, he will decide that this particular verse means this. Yes. So all these uh, 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 confusions, the, uh, yeah, yeah, misunderstandings about lit literally taking the <laughs> meanings, he will correct it and he will say, this is the correct and you should follow him. And that, that will be the true Islam. I mean, one, you know, all of these things come down to one thing as well. I mean, if you look at all these other people who claimed um, to be a prophet of God, be sent from uh, from God as well. Look at look at them. L look how they you know passed away from the earth. Look how, and look at their look at their following. Look at their <coughs> church or look at their temple or whatever they they preached as well. Look at their following. Look at their family. There's no such sign of uh, of those people as well. But look at the promised Messiah upon whom be peace, and look at his community. Look at his following, and uh, we can only see that this is growing from strength to strength and inshallah will do so until the end of time as well join us after the break as we will continue this topic in a sort of a second segment as well you are listening to the recording of a live show please do not call or text as this is a recording and lines are now closed a new station the voice of islam with live discussions religion and culture understand the true teachings of islam with the voice of islam Assalamu alaikum rahmatullahi wa barakatuhu. Peace and blessings of Allah be upon you all. Welcome back to the Drive Time Show here on the Voice of Islam Radio. Uh, as mentioned before, as we were speaking about uh, in the first hour, um, the the truthfulness of the Promised Messiah upon whom be peace and how the sun is now is rising from the west. Of course, not in physical terms, but in spiritual in spiritual terms as well. We can say this. Um, and uh, as I mentioned that uh, in this part of the show, we are going to go into a, a, uh, a subtopic in terms of the truthfulness of the promised Messiah upon whom be peace. And that is, uh, it was, it was uh, just touched upon in the first hour, that one of the opponents of the promised Messiah upon whom be peace, Alexander, Dr. Alexander Dowie, who also claimed to be the Messiah. Uh, you know, first he did claim to be Elijah, but then he claimed to be the Messiah and how he had a prayer duel with Hazrat Mizah Ghulam Ahmed of Qadian, who was the actual promised Messiah and the awaited Mahdi upon whom be peace. So that prayer duel happened and then the outcome of that is what we are going to be speaking about and how that was a great prophecy, a great victory 
um, which was fulfilled in the truthfulness of the Ahmadiyya Muslim community and of course the claim of the promised Messiah upon whom be peace as well. As mentioned that His Holiness, the worldwide head of the Ahmadiyya Muslim community, Hazrat Mirza Masoor Ahmad, uh, may Allah be his helper, he, the fifth caliph of the promised Messiah, he is currently in uh, in America, in the city of Zion in Illinois, and he is over there, uh, and he has uh, he's over there to integrate the you know one of the mosques, and that mosque is built in in that particular area, uh, in Zion, and the the mosque's name is actually called Fateh Azim, Masjid Fateh Azim, which means the mosque of uh, great uh, great victory, and that was actually there because oh. The reason why the, that particular name was actually given was actually because when the promised Messiah upon whom be peace and was having this prayer duel with Alexander Dawi, when Allah the Almighty fulfilled his promise and he, he sort of destroyed um, Alexander Dawi from the face of the earth, then the promised Messiah upon whom be peace, and at that time he was writing the book Hakikatul Wahi. Uh, I'm not sure how to, uh, how to translate that into English, but it's, it has been translated into English. And uh, he wrote a he wrote a, he wrote a uh, an announcement or he gave an announcement and in the title of that announcement was Fatih Azim. He actually wrote Fatih Azim uh, after Bismillahir Rahmanir Rahim, which means uh, in the name of Allah, the Most Gracious, the Merciful, a grand, a great, pro- a great uh, victory. And this was for the truthfulness of the claim of the Promised Messiah upon whom be peace. And that's one of the reasons why this mosque, which is built in that same place. Uh, in Zion in Illinois where uh, where Alexander Dawi was there he actually sort of uh, inhabited he he sort of created that that sort of area that town or that city and uh, today there's no there's no sign there's no following of him but you know look at look at on the other side look at the Ahmadiyya Muslim community look at the promised Messiah upon whom be peace and how this community is growing from strength to strength as well, and that's something that we are speaking about in today's uh, in, in this segment. So this uh, Alexander Dowie, you know, we we uh, I mean, there are different pronunciations. I think Americans pronounce as Dowie. Um, <laughs> um, he, he he was somebody um, who who was uh, you know he he gained uh, quite a bit of uh, attention in um, nineteen hundred and one. Um, he he was the one who claimed to be the second coming of the biblical prophet Elijah, hmm. and obviously he was making his claims. And he 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 was a he he was a Scot. He was born in Edinburgh, and then he went to Australia, and then he came back, and then uh, then he he migrated to United States in 1888, um, where he he bought a land which is about 42 miles north of Chicago. And he he um, uh, cla- he he um, got this place, uh, this land, and he wanted to build a city, and he 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 named it as a city of Zion, and this this was named after Mount Zion in uh, Jerusalem, mm. um, and uh, he made different claims. He made many many of the claims, and uh, such as uh, him being free from any type of disease, and his ability to heal the dead and cure all of the diseases as he believed Jesus did. So obviously, you know, he was claiming to be the Messiah as well. Mm. And uh, <coughs> so so he has do- so many different, many claims he had made. And uh, obviously in the beginning, the thousands of people, they were joining his movement and he was receiving 
a lot of media attention as well. Uh, and uh, uh, one can see that he was uh, an intelligent man, that he, um, he knew the importance of press. So he had built a, a huge press uh, he had put in in um, in that uh, city, which he made. Uh, the um, the Muncie's magazine of September 6, 1902, stated that Alexander Dowie ranks with the outstanding personalities who founded a new city capable of housing a million people, a city which its founder proposes to convert into a spiritual headquarters of the whole world. Mm. Now. Somehow, you know, he, um, uh, from this press, he used to um, uh, print a, a paper, a newspaper, which was called the Leaves of Healing. Now, the Leaves of Healing, that was the, the main purpose of this press. And mm -hmm. it went far and wide. It went to so many different uh, places. Uh, and uh, he was trying to propagate, you know, whatever his beliefs were and um, initially. And somehow... Uh, because, you know, he was trying to spread his message of Christianity, of course. Uh, so it had reached um, Hazrat Mirza Ghulam Ahmed of Qadiyan, who had claimed to be the promised Messiah. Mm -hmm. be peace. So <coughs> from sitting in Qadiyan, just imagine that Qadiyan was, you know, <coughs> sort of nowhere where, uh, you know, nobody knew where it is. It's in, in a remote place in India. But when this news, uh, this newspaper reached him, he started writing to him hmm. and he would not answer to his because the, the, hmm. the promised messiah uh, on whom be peace time and again he challenged him that you know come and uh, we will uh, we will have argument we will have uh, you know you can tell everything we can talk to each other hmm. we can but he did not come in uh, you know in uh, um, he did not accept his challenge so this Alexander Dowie, he set forth to spread Christianity and he stated that he he also, you know, he was making uh, claims about that he is going to wipe out Islam. And he was a very staunch enemy and he spoke very uh, inserting language about Islam and about particularly about the Holy Prophet, may peace and blessings of Allah be upon him. Um, and... Uh, so when the promised Messiah, on whom be peace, he came to know of his claims, he challenged um, uh, Dawi to a prayer duel. Hmm. So the challenge was that they should both pray. And if one of them was indeed fabricating a lie in their claim of prophethood, then God should cause the liar to die within the lifetime of the other. Now this this we can go into the details and see that the state how he was in a good health at that time, whereas the promised Messiah Islam, he was you know we are talking about 1901, 1902, and uh, so he he was quite older uh, in comparison to him, and he had also so many ailments also at that time. Fifteen years old, yeah. Um, the promised Messiah Islam, he, uh, on whom be peace, he wrote that though he was false in the claim of prophethood as well as in his doctrine of Trinity. Mm. And if Dawi accepted the Mubahila, Mubahila is a prayer challenge, then surely Dawi would die within the promised Messiah lifetime uh, and uh, in, in great pain and misery. Thus, should Dawi accept the prayer challenge, the promised Messiah, on whom be peace, claimed that Dawi would die before him. Hmm. This was indeed a fearless challenge on the part of the promised Messiah, uh, on whom be peace, because he was actually 15 years older than Dawi. Hmm. 
and uh, he had many ailments as I mentioned earlier that he had he was suffering from diabetes he had uh, you know he suffered from migraine uh, and uh, weakness because of the uh, lack of blood which is called anemia so despite that you know uh, he realized the outcome of the prayer challenge was dependent upon God's will and that's why he was fearless in challenging him hmm. and and the whole world is now the, you, if you if we follow it up you know what happened to that because initially he was not bothering even to respond um to uh, to the the, the promised messiah's yeah. letters because you know obviously he was uh, full of arrogance at that time he was uh, at the at the time the people were accepting him so um even if when he responded he responded badly he responded um to the challenge by hurling further insults at the promised messiah uh, on whom BP stating in September 26, 1903, issue of his uh, his newspaper, and uh, he said these uh, inserting words that there is a foolish Mohammedan Messiah in India who keeps on writing to me. People ask me why do I need not reply to him, and and then he says, do you think that I should reply these gnats and flies? Mm. He continued on saying, if I were to put my foot on them, I would trample them to death. I mean. <laughs> that is that is a very bold statement from uh, from him as well but then people know how how uh, how that actually ended as well how that actually concluded and his uh, his story was actually uh or his chapter uh was actually closed there and then as well um let's let's uh, speak to our guest who who's on the line with us Anwar Mahmood Khan who is a member of the Ahmadiyya Muslim community in the United States of America he's written a book called Fulfillment of a grand prophecy Hazrat Ahmad's challenge to John Alexander Dowie and he has served as one of the leaders in fundraising for the Zion Mosque project as well assalamu alaikum peace be upon you good afternoon and welcome to the show jazakallah thank you so much for for being with us this uh, this afternoon um to begin with can can you elaborate more on the conditions of this prophecy what was it specified uh, that that Dawi would die in a certain way from from in a, in a certain way or a certain illness uh, can tell us a little bit more about this okay just just uh, uh what happened is huzur uh, alayhi salam said that this this death should be uh, in such a way that it cannot be uh, construed as if it is uh, uh, being uh, concocted by human mind or human hand hmm. so either it should be either snake bite or some disaster or natural death of some sort with without uh, influence of human hand to it hmm. and uh, this has been uh, sort of uh, narrated by tens of uh, hundreds of newspapers in united states these three things in fact uh new york times writes in under the heading rival prophet that when masihul islam gave this uh, challenge uh, he, they counted actually that in uh, india there was 678 people died in, with snake bite hmm. and zero in cook county illinois hmm. <laughs> this is what this is what is mentioned in uh, in new york times So we we are displaying that at our exhibition, that clipping. Interesting. So uh, I think that uh, the reason being 
why he had to specify this is because people can uh, belittle the outcome that it could be this, it could be that. So Huzur al-Islam negated all those elements which can be concocted or conceived of as human hand. Mm -hmm. And actually this is what exactly happened that he wore a $10,000 robe uh, at Medicine Square Garden and he appeared to make a claim that he is Elijah and exactly when he appeared on the stage his legs trembled and he was paralyzed in, in the legs the same feet he said he is going to Nauzubilla uh, uh, you know put foot on Huzur uh, al-Islam as in nets and flies the same foot got paralyzed hmm. so you this know this is the outcome I mean, we, we know we know the, the outcome or, or his outcome, the way that God Almighty uh, punished him uh, because yeah. of this as well. Um, you know this, uh, this prayer duel, the, the conditions mm -hmm. of this prayer duel, what were some, yes. s some of the ways that this condition, um, they, they were sort of in more uh, of a yeah, favor? Yeah, was that uh, he should be, uh, sign up that he accepts the mobile hmm because Huzur uh, presented the mobile to him, he should accept it with thousand signatures of his uh, followers hmm. and uh, announce it in some newspaper, in Leaves of Healing, which he used to have. And these are the people and we, we respond to your mobile and these are my followers. And he said, likewise, I will do the same. Yeah. And this was his response, what, what uh, he told the news media because they insisted uh, you know, the statement, the first line on New York Times on one of the issues is that a real or true Elijah would jump into this duel hmm. to accept this duel. Because yesterday a news media came to our booth and she said that uh, she was from religious news and she said that uh, in, in the Bible, uh, Jeremiah and Elijah they incurred these uh, uh, prayer duels and their opponents uh, uh, were failed and these prophets, uh, they won out the, the Muwala. Hmm. So why, if he was a real, <laughs> real uh, Elijah, why he didn't jump into it? So we brought him to this New York Times clipping, which is uh, posted on the wall there. Yeah. And she made a photocopy of it. He said, absolutely, this is what he should have done. If he would have been a true Messiah, yeah, yeah, and um, I mean, of course, there are many other things uh, that, that we can actually talk about and speak uh, speak about as well. Um, can you can you explain to us the significance of Zion City uh, with regards yes. to the Ahmadi Muslim community, and why is it such a big deal to to establish to build a mosque there? That's right. Very good question. In fact, when many Ahmadis also ask this question that. This is a small Jamaat here, which was only installed a couple of decades ago. And why we are building such a big mosque here and, mm. and this uh, exhibition and whatnot. The real reason is, it is not the, the place itself. This uh, uh, city was established in 1900 by John Alexander Doe, actually on December 31st, 
1900 he unveiled the entire map to the world hmm. so this is the new city which will be a godly city and only godly people would live here and this is and people should buy land and they they began to buy land and what not and it flourished he became a very rich man because he was the principal owner of this whole land hmm. he put uh, lace factories the banks and what not his net worth was 20 million then which is counted hmm. to be 800 million of today the wow. richest man absolutely on earth at that time but it is not the richness it is the the fallacy which he spoke that he is the representative of god and allah says in holy quran that whoever says that he is the representative and is in reality not the representative hmm. then he is going to receive the pathetic end it is said in surah al-haqa last ruku hmm. and that's exactly what huzur al-islam was telling him yeah and he used to say that if i am not the prophet there is no prophet of god on earth today so he negated clearly imam mahdi yeah. who was making mm-hmm. a claim that i uh, zion city was established by him to and then he wanted to take the zion city replica to new york right the, the mm-hmm. significance of us as zion is not zion <coughs> in itself it is it is the vital seat of the manifestation of a sign of god that make this city vital to us because here a, a sign of god was fulfilled in front of our eyes our children know this when they are growing up that this is the place where uh, john alexander do he died as a result of the prayer door yeah and hence proved prove the veracity of mirza ghulam mehmad absolutely this is what boston globe wrote great is mirza ghulam mehmad who uh, Uh, prophecy about the pathetic end of dory i mean there are uh, many uh, newspaper uh, uh, you know articles and columns which were written as well uh, about this as well and uh, you know stated the truthfulness of the promised messiah upon whom be peace uh, because of uh, because of this the prayer duel as well now when talking about uh, specifically about this uh, this mosque project in in, in zion city Um yes. can you tell us a little bit about the fundraising efforts as well and your experience in in that and maybe you faced some obstacles or anything that you would like to share with us Yeah I wanted to share something uh, mm. one a couple of things I want to share this is very interesting you asked this question because we raised 5 million dollar by the grace of God to to make this mosque and uh, minaret and what not the uh, during the uh, fundraising process uh our amir saab mr amir saab mr amir makpur ahmed they signed a 1.2 million dollar to lajna to raise and mm. the balance was supposed to be raised the, by the women the women of the community right yeah. the women of uh, jamaat yeah. usa and uh, by the grace of allah they moved came forward and they uh, carried the banner and collected 1.7 million dollars oh, and the balance 3.3 million was raised uh, by uh, men essentially and uh, during this process of uh, fundraising um, a couple of instances i would like to give one of uh, one is of a lady uh, uh, in minnesota and she, i called her and she said i want to join you the scheme of uh, 10000 dollar initiative which you 
have uh, you know, spoken of. And I would like to donate $10,000 on behalf of my deceased husband. Mm. And I said, fine. So what is the name of your husband? Because we are going to post these names who pay $10,000 uh, as a plaque with the permission of on the wall of, of the mosque. So she uh, became quiet and she said, uh, in few minutes, her daughter was with, with her and he said, Sir, would you like a name? Would you like to write the name? I said, Yes. Please. So she, he said, Write Muhammad Mustafa Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam. I said, What are you saying? He said, I want to pay, pay on behalf of mm-hmm. because it was his prophecy that Messiah will come and he will break the cross. Mm-hmm. And it is the fulfillment of Holy Prophet prophecy Absolutely. that I believe in Prophet Messiah. So on behalf of them, I want to donate. So people uh, rushed to it. About uh, uh, 140 people came forward who paid uh, Minimum of ten thousand to maximum of two hundred thousand hmm. dollars. So this is uh, uh, you will be surprised that people flocked into it, and all I had to do, and this is the, the reason being two reasons. The first reason is we are blessed with khilafat, and when when the scheme or initiatives are sanctioned by the Khalifa of the time, that is when success begins. Success stops when it is a human effort or concocted by a few Ahmadis, a few members. If it has to be sanctioned, uh, initiated or sanctioned by the Imam of the time, that never fails by the grace of Allah. So we were able to collect $5 million. This is one example I gave you. Second example I want to give you is... uh, um, Munawar Khan, thank you. I mean, uh, I I know, I'm sure that there there must be so many many, But uh, I think because of the time restraints, I'm I'm afraid we're going to have to just uh, keep it there. But uh, thank you so much uh, for your contribution. It's been an absolute pleasure. As-salamu alaykum. Okay. It was a pleasure speaking to uh, to him as well, Anwar Mahmoud Khan, all the way from the United States of America. I think there's just one interesting thing is that uh, yeah. this mosque is going to be dedicated to the ladies mm. because uh, they uh, they have raised more than 40% of that wow. 5 million they have wow. raised. Wow. Wow. That's a very great you know, contribution as well. Uh, you can't forget that. Um, let's uh, let's just move on to our next uh, next guest as well. Talking a little bit more about because you know His Holiness is there uh, on his tour uh, in America, and uh, of course you know there are you know the, the people, um, the local people, uh, they are over there made preparations, and of course they are very much excited to see His Holiness as well. Obviously, obviously, this is the first tour. You have to remember, this is the first tour of His Holiness after the period of COVID. Or during the you know the last periods of COVID as well. I mean, whatever. But uh, let's speak to our next guest, Dr. Asan Khan, who is a member of the Ahmadi Muslim community in the United States of America. He's a doc- he's a medical doctor who specialises in vision and eye care as well. Assalamu alaikum, peace be upon you, and welcome to the show. Assalamualaikum, an honour to be here, and thanks for having me. Uh, thank you so much for for joining us. Um, you know, talking about the the uh, the visit of His Holiness. Uh, of, 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 of our caliph, the fifth caliph of the Promised Messiah, upon whom be peace, Hazrat Mirza Masrur Ahmad, may Allah be his helper. Talking about him coming in, coming there, and all the preparations which go on over there. Tell us a little bit more about that. How 
how are you preparing for that? How did you prepare for that, especially in light of COVID? Yes. Uh, first of all, I just wanted to congratulate Voice of Islam on on your shows. They're they're wonderfully produced, and you guys do a wonderful job. And um, you know, may Allah uh, bless you for your efforts. Amen. Amen. Uh, with regard to Hazur's visit, I mean, first of all, it just goes without saying that what an incredible, incredible blessing and honor it is for United States of America to have um, to be that distinct Jamaat that is the first to host a tour of Hazrat Amir al-Mumineen in the post-COVID era. I mean, one, one can argue maybe we're not post-COVID, but at least we're at a stage where travel can now happen. And so this is something that we've been longing for for a long time and for Hazur to grace us with his presence and give us this opportunity, it's quite mind-blowing, actually. And, um, you know, we must take out Sadka and recite Dulud Shreef throughout these next three weeks that Hazur uh, keeps safe over here and that we can uh, host him in the best possible way. With regard to preparations, um, you know, a lot uh, happens, and, uh, you know, these preparations start at a very early phase. When the first... Uh, when the first inkling of news comes that there's even a possibility that His Holiness will be visiting the United States, then those preparations begin. And so under the guidance of our respected Amir Sab Sab Zazam of Fur Ahmed, a host team uh, committee was established, and uh, all of the parts began moving. You know, when it comes to security and um, logistics of housing, the kafla, uh, the mosque itself and the, the various mosques that Hazur will visit mm. and where Hazur will reside, the food arrangements for all the guests that come, Amity guests, as well as the non-Amity guests that will be coming to the various guest receptions, um, transportation and, and housing for the broader community, relationships with the local community to make sure that we don't disturb them, but in fact we, we use their help in terms of arrangements uh, um, on the streets and road closures and whatnot, you know, airport pickup and drop off, all of those things, they all go into effect. And this started many, many, many months ago. And so uh, we learn by trial. There's always red books from previous visits. We revisit those. And then we try our best to kind of inculcate some of those changes. And so all of that has been happening. And, you know, by the grace of Allah, as we arrived a couple of days ago, and, um, you know, the last few days have been surreal, you know, offering salat behind Hazur, mm. seeing a mass of people congregate in this tiny village of Zion, about 40 miles north of Chicago. It's quite a spectacle. Um, a lot of the local residents, I think, are in awe about what's going on over here. Absolutely. Great. So, uh, do you remember the first time you got to meet Blavid Azur? Or how was you felt it, or what was your experience? Gee, gee. You know, I, I've had the good fortune and opportunity uh, to meet Hazur mm -hmm. as, a, as a young child, Khalil Musirabe, with my parents, and then with my own family, uh, uh, Mojuda Hazur. Um, Hazrat Amir al-Mumineen on multiple occasions, but uh, here in the United States, I recall Hazur's first visit. It was a very memorable one. Uh, my daughter was very young, only a couple of years old, uh, two years old actually, and um, and it, this was at Batariman in Maryland, and we had our first mulaqat, and it's different. When you have a mulaqat in London, there's nothing really that can beat that to be in Hazur's uh, private office and, and to have that opportunity to meet Hazur, it's sort of a dream come true for everybody. True. But when Hazur comes to you in the United States and you're there to have a mulaqat, I think the nerves are kind of uh, kind of more heightened because uh, we're hosting Hazur and there's more of a fear that we don't mess up, that everything is going according to schedule. And so there's a lot of that that goes into play. And I, so I distinctly remember my daughter being very young and uh, Hazur um, 
you know, giving her chocolates and uh, the the conversation we had, I still remember, was one of, you know, um, um, you know, prayers for my daughter and for my wife, and and then we had a little bit of discussion about United States and America versus UK, and it was very lighthearted. And Hazur has made several visits to the United States since then, uh, including in 2018, most recently, and 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 now, you know, this visit. You know, um, uh, Dr. Asan, uh, His Holiness's visit uh, is very is quite significant. It's, it's very remarkable, very historic as well. Now, Zion has a, has a special significance for His Holiness's visit. Can you, can you just uh, touch up touch upon this uh, as well? Yeah, yeah. As as uh, as was mentioned earlier, uh, you know, Zion has has an immense amount of significance. And when you think about it, you know, uh, the Promised Messiah, Islam is the Messiah of the age. And um, there needs to be proof that the Messiah does exist, that he did arrive. And that proof comes in various forms, including those false prophets who challenged the promised Messiah. And in the history of Ahmadiyyat and the, during the time of the promised Messiah, there are many false prophets. Mm. But there was one that came from the United States of America. So John Alexander Dowie's sign is one for us, for us here in America. This is the proof for the United States of America that the promised Messiah is in fact true. And all of that, the epicenter of that establishment of this truth is this city that we're in right now, which mm. is Zion, Illinois. So the irony cannot be escaped, you know, that the great-grandson of the Promised Messiah of Islam is gracing us with his presence in that very city where a false prophet challenged the Promised Messiah of Islam, and he met his fate from a prayer duel, a mobile challenge from the Promised Messiah of Islam, um, just a couple of miles away from where our mosque is established. Um, you know, this is a story that you can't even produce in Hollywood. It's just, it's so <laughs> surreal and it's so significant. And uh, and I think what's most important about this is that it's an opportunity to convey this message to the broader community of the United States that, look, we have 160 newspaper clippings from that time period in the first decade of the 1900 that replay this historical fact. Mm. And now an exhibition has been established in Fateh Azim where all of these clippings, in, including some actual um, actual first editions of those papers that have been collected as artifacts, they're on display in this museum for the public. And so now the United States of America and its citizens can come to this museum and see that there is a story that took place here that has been forgotten. And hopefully, uh, when they see this, they'll realize that, yes, in fact, there was the Promised Society of Islam's advent, and there's no doubt that he proved to be true based on, um, you know, the outcome of the Mubayla challenge. That's why it's so significant for Hazur to come to Zion first. And I don't think it's, it's, it's insignificant to say that Hazur intentionally decided that it was Zion which would be the first place to come because it is it's such a significant site to establish the truth of the Promised Messiah al-Islam. And, you know, we have a major metropolis only 40 miles south of here in Chicago, the third largest city in the United States. We have a beautiful masjid there. We also have the first masjid ever built, Sadiq Mosque, um, and uh, another uh, masjid over there. But Hazur has chosen to stay here in Zion, in this tiny little village, uh, for the entirety of the week. And all of the members of the Jamaat from the larger Jamaats all around the country are coming here um, and again, all of this, I think, points to how important and significant it is. And, and that's the message that our children are getting as well. And so it'll be unforgettable. They'll always realize that Zion, it's a big deal. It's a big deal to have a masjid 
named Fateh Azim, which are the words that Allah Ta'ala revealed to the Promise of Sayyid al-Islam after the outcome of this Mubayla challenge. Absolutely. And that is why Hazur named it Fateh Azim, or a grand victory. And so, you know, there couldn't be anything more surreal than this. It's like a storybook, basically. Absolutely. Absolutely. Uh, I mean, just like you said, I mean, you know, no worldly power can actually make this sort of story come true as well. It's only the divine help of Allah the Almighty as well. Well, thank you. Thank you so much for for joining us uh, today, uh, Dr. Uh, Asan Khan. It's been an absolute pleasure uh, speaking to you. And uh, Jazakallah. Jazakallah. I appreciate the time. Assalamualaikum. Wa alaikum as um, we're going to be uh, moving on to our next guest, uh, Pernia Mariam, a Canadian who is a member of our Ahmadiyya Muslim Community Women's Auxiliary Organization. She recently graduated with her Bachelor of Education in Primary Junior Education and is working as a teacher. Assalamu alaikum, peace be upon you, and welcome to the show. Assalamu alaikum. for joining us uh, on, on our show today. Um, a few years ago, you met uh, His Holiness, the worldwide head of the Ahmadiyya Muslim community, may Allah be his helper, for the first time. Um, mm-hmm. ha- had you had you sort of always dreamed of meeting His Holiness in person? Oh yeah, I've always um, dreamt of meeting Hazur for as long as I can remember, and that too desperately. Um, I think about it all the time, even now. It's something that's constantly on my mind, and I think many Ahmadi brothers and sisters can relate to that. Mm-hmm. Absolutely, absolutely. Um, when you met His Holiness, may may Allah be His helper, for the first time, what what was that experience like? If you just like to share that with uh, with, with our listeners. Yeah, so I remember um, having a dream in about I think 2016 or 2017 that I went to meet beloved Hazur. Uh, in that dream, Hazur gives me a glass of milk which has honey and nuts in it. I remember waking up and telling my mom, and she said, it's a blessed dream. Um, Time goes by, and we end up traveling to Europe to visit family. Hmm. Uh, During that trip, a few days before we came back, um, our mulaqat with Hazur gets accepted and finalized. So we we go to the UK for a couple of days just to meet Hazur. Um, This was about four years ago. So I was about 22 uh, when I had my first ever meeting with Hazur, and so far the only meeting. So during that mulaqat, I remember walking in and just sobbing because I remembered my dream. Everything looked similar, specifically where Hazur Ayyadullah bin Aziz sits in his office. Um, then Hazur asked my mom, Isko kya hua hai? meaning what happened to her? Um, and my mom replies to Hazur saying, my daughter has always wanted to meet you, beloved Hazur, mm-hmm. and she's overcome with emotion. Uh, then most of that mulaqat, which I was told, um, was longer than most mulaqats of the day so it was about me the whole mulaqat Hazur asked basic questions to my family but for me he went into details about how I'm doing what I'm struggling with and Hazur wrote down a homeopathic medicine's name for me and told me to take it that reminded me um, of my dream and how that dream had a blessed meaning so I started sobbing even more Mm. I also remember Hazur telling me to stay happy and that's a constant reminder for me to be grateful for what I have and try to be happy and content with life. Alhamdulillah. Um, in the end, um, before leaving, we were so full of emotions, we forgot to ask for a picture with Hazur. And Hazur says, don't you want a picture taken? And we say, yes, Hazur. Um, and when taking a picture, 
because I'm shy, I'm shy um, I went and stood beside my mom. Before the picture is taken, Hazur says, wait, and calls me over and tells me to stand beside him. And I'm standing beside Hazur like a little kid, but I remember feeling so warm and loved in that moment. There's absolutely nothing that will ever compare to that feeling. Hmm. Well, very, very heart-touching uh, story that you have, uh, a personal story that you have uh, related, uh, narrated over there. Um, Oh, I mean, you know, may may God give you another opportunity or many opportunities to meet His Holiness and benefit from His company sure. as well. Um, obviously, you know, it had this mulaqat, this meeting, this audience with His Holiness had ha, had an impact mm-hmm. on you. What impression yeah. sort of you know did it leave on you uh, as an Ahmadi Muslim? I don't. I don't think I can still fully describe how I felt in that moment, but I felt like a huge purpose of my life was complete as if I was specifically blessed with something that no one else in the world was and something no one else understands. Uh, it was so personal and so beautiful, I'm still out of words. Um, overall, I think the mulaqat was a treasure and something I will remember for the rest of my life. Um, and I hope I get to meet beloved Hazur again, like you said, very soon. And I hope all Ahmadis around the world who have never had the chance to meet beloved Hazur get to meet him really soon and experience what I experienced. Inshallah. Inshallah. Absolutely. Absolutely. Thank you so much for joining us this afternoon. Uh, may Allah bless you and uh, Assalamu alaikum wa Have a lovely day. Wa alaikum wa So, you know, very, very interesting uh, 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 stories, uh, narrations as well, personal accounts, uh, you know, of different people. Uh, so yeah, I think it's a very, very special occasion, particularly uh, yeah. for those uh, uh, who have always dreamt, dreamt of, of uh, seeing exactly. uh, exactly. Khalifa. Uh, I remember <coughs> I was working in um, Africa, in East Africa, in Tanzania. Right. And um, once the Amirsa phoned me that uh, I was working as a doctor there. And he said that there is, uh, there is uh, one uh, elderly uh, member of our Jamaat who lives uh, in a small village and mm. uh, uh, he's not well, so can you go and see him? Right. So so I went and up to a, a certain level, we, we went by car and then I had to walk uh, a couple of miles actually to, to reach him where he was. And I asked, you know, I, obviously I asked him, so how are you and, uh, and what can I do for you? And, and you know, he, he said to me that, uh, you know, in Swahili language, he said that I have one desire that if I can just see once Khalifa with my own mm, eyes, yeah. that's my desire. <laughs> so <laughs> I, I was really moved with that because he, back, he must yeah. be in his late 70s. And uh, But uh, you see now, is you know, Khalifa is practically uh, reached every home with the means of MTA mm. so people can see him. But uh, lucky are those where he personally goes and visits them. And uh, currently it is Zion where people are gathering, yeah. just like, you know, the, uh, you know, the, um, where, wherever the light is, you know, the people go to that. Go, go and, towards uh, that. Yeah, well. towards that. And that's Absolutely. what is happening. So we have uh, uh, so many people gathering in Zion. Um, you know, this is... Uh, as we as we have been saying uh, throughout the show, that this is a very significant and uh, also very historic trip uh, tour of His Holiness as well, because you know after the after the period of COVID, um, since uh, you know since that whole period for two years, 
His Holiness hasn't sort of you know gone on any tours. You know, normally we have uh, annual conventions, which happen. Of course, you know, in, in the UK it did happen, but normally His Holiness goes to Germany, goes to v- various uh, European countries as well, and various other countries as well, um, overseas in different continents. But this is the first sort of trip after the period of COVID that His Holiness is going on as well. Um, let's speak to our next guest who is on the line with us, Ijaz Khan, who is a member of the Ahmadiyya Muslim community in the United States of America. And he has uh, photographed uh, His Holiness all over the world, including His Holiness's trip to India, uh, which was in 2005, in Ghana in 2008, and other um, trips as well. It's uh, also the ones in the uh, United States of America as on several different uh, occasions. Assalamu alaikum. Peace be upon you. Good afternoon and welcome to the show. Assalamu alaikum. This is Ijaz Khan. Thank you so much for joining us. Uh, it's, it's a pleasure speaking to you this afternoon. Um, how how did you become a, photog- uh, a photographer for these sort of, you know, for these historic tours? It was, you know, t- during the 2005 trip uh, of Huzur to India, where when I, I, I do the photography before, uh, but, you know, t- officially I was invited uh, for the trip of Huzur hmm. for India hmm. by Kadian team. Uh, you know, and Huzur approved uh, uh, my, uh, you know, me as a photographer, although I have served the Khalifa al-Masih Thalis and Rabe and current Huzur as a hafaz de khas as well. So, uh, but this time I was uh, approved for uh, photo- as a photographer. They had seen my photography uh, and they liked the photography. So they, Huzur uh, allowed me to join his trip uh, um, in 2005. That was my first time. Hmm. Hmm. And then you've been doing that since, ever since as well. Now, obviously... Yes, it was, that trip uh, was four or five, five weeks, uh, six weeks. I was uh, with Huzur uh, in the, ent- the entire trip there. Hmm. And I also had the blessed, you know, to, um, for, uh, for, uh, for fortunate that I was uh, with him on 2008 trip to India and Ghana um, and Germany and, and uh, to America, Canada. Hmm. So, uh, you know, that's how I got involved more and more. Well, may Allah bless you uh, for, for that as well. And obviously, you know, these things, these uh, trips and these, uh, uh, you know, the pictures that you take as a photographer, it must have, in, it must have you know, a great impact on your life as well. How, how has this uh, impacted your life? You know that uh, again, uh, I have uh, I've been fortunate that I've served Khalid uh, Masali, Sarabe, and Yuzur as a half But you know, working uh, as a photographer and uh, you know uh, internationally, and uh, seeing how his trip starts and how it ends and how different people around the world. Uh, meet especially you know non-Ahmadis hmm. who come and uh, come as a courtesy you know uh, by because they are invited to meet but the moment they arrive you know they, as soon as they arrive you can see through the expressions and through you know my pictures I, I, when I take, uh, take pictures I'm, I make albums for Huzur as well hmm. uh, on each trip so you know as you can clearly see the moment they arrive there, there, there is a change you see immediately in their, their, in their demeanor, in their, you know, the way they, they start reacting to Huzur, and, and they, 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 they see a different person than they thought that they are coming 
just as a courtesy to meet because somebody had invited them. And that I have seen numerous times. Uh, you know, very highly influential people, presidents of the countries, uh, Nancy Pelosi, for example, uh, president of Ghana, and uh, many dignitaries that I have uh, seen that they come and actually just spontaneously, uh, you know, their reaction is so different than they, 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 they arrive. Uh, and that actually, you know, amazes you that the non-Ahmadis who have never met you before, and uh, when they speak to they, they they are mesmerized by by Hussur's presence, and that actually you know um, creates an impact on anybody. Uh, you know we see that impact even through Ahmadis, but when you see uh, an Ahmadi, highly influential people uh, reacting to Hussur, especially you know uh, like Nancy Pelosi, I, I give you example of her when she arrived to meet Hussur in 2012 trip of. Uh, you know, that when he was um, to deliver a speech in, uh, at the Capitol uh, Hill, uh, she was meant to come only for a few minutes to deliver a speech because she had engagement. Um, she was, you know, to, at that time, although not the Speaker of the House, but she was uh, the head of the Democratic Party at that time. So there was a, um, she had an appointment, she had to go back, and she came. Uh, as soon as she came, I, you know, I was taking, I was waiting for an opportunity to show that I can take picture of her with the zoo. And as soon as she came, she literally, without any hesitation, she bowed down to the zoo and put her hand on her chest. And she was, you know, changed person. And then she sat down. After that, she delivered her speech. She sat down again, and you know that. Uh, then she requested Huzur that I would like to sit in front of you rather than with him so that he, she can see him. And Huzur uh, um, asked the, the, the members to uh, give and uh, find a, um, a chair for her in the front. And she sat down in the front of Huzur. After a few minutes, she asked to be, you know, moved her to the side because she could not stay, look at her in, in, her, in his eyes. Mm. And she actually sat down. She was there throughout. And, you know, I, I was sitting, you know, I was standing uh, almost two feet away from her and her private secretary kept, kept coming to her asking that the time is over, in the, the next meeting is starting. And she said it politely uh, two times to the uh, her secretary that you wait. And then she said, uh, cancel my appointment. I will stay uh, till the end of the speech of mm. Huzur. Mm. He listened to the speech. I have a picture of her that as soon as Huzur finished the speech, she stood up and literally loudly said, Your Holiness, I have to go now because I have an uh, important uh, in a meeting and left. So that is amazing that how that kind of people are impacted immediately by presence. Absolutely, absolutely. And of course, you know, there are so many other examples and you have captured those as well. Um, uh, you know, thank you so much for, for joining yeah. us. Uh, it's been an absolute pleasure uh, speaking to you. I'm afraid we, you know, we, we don't have that much time, but uh, maybe on some time in the future we can get you on again and uh, speak to you for for a longer time. For now, yeah. Jazakumullah, Jazakumullah. Thank you. Jazakumullah. Um, Sharisa, would you <coughs> would you just explain a little bit because you know we use these terms Khalifa and Caliph mm -hmm. and. Uh, um, just a little bit introduction, if you you can for for the listeners to clarify these this term and how how we use it. 
You know, we we use uh, we use Khalifa, which is uh, if you say that if you translate that into English, it will just be Caliph, right? So if we say Khalifa al Masih, it would be the the Caliph of the of the Promised Messiah. And that means the successor. The successor, the successor, the successor, of course. So, so our current head, who mm. he's visiting, and we were talking during this show, is Hazrat Mirza Masoor Ahmed, and he is the fifth successor. That means that uh, he is the one who represents the yeah. Promised Messiah, uh, on whom be peace, Hazrat Mirza Ulam Ahmed of Qadian, and uh, he's the fifth one who has uh, taken over since. 2003 mm. and uh, he has uh, uh, made visits to various countries of the world yeah. he has very widely traveled and yes. uh, to United States this is his third visit mm. and uh, um, uh, so so he's the one and the, the term Khilafat Khilafat obviously is a successorship and that is the most important institution after prophethood it continues and fulfills the goal for the purpose uh, for which uh, a prophet is appointed hmm. uh, and uh, um, there was uh, uh, the promised Messiah himself he wrote a book which is called the will hmm. and in this book he mentioned and he, he mentioned that after me just like Hazrat Abu Bakr Siddiq who was the very first caliph after the Holy Prophet may peace and blessings of Allah be upon him hmm. he said that just uh, like him there will be a, a, a second manifestation of God I am the first manifestation of God and there will be a second manifestation that will come as a caliphate just like Hazrat Abu Bakr Siddiq was as appointed so um, so he he's the one who fulfills the goal for with which the Prophet is appointed and Khalifa um, is, is the one who carries on the reformation and training of the community which is established uh, by uh, by the Prophet and it is it is something which has been promised in the the Holy Quran the Holy Quran uh, God Almighty states that he has promised to those among you who believe and do good works that he will surely make them successors in the earth as he made successor from among those who were before them and that he will surely establish for them their religion which has chosen uh, for them uh, that's from chapter 24 verse 56 so that uh, the Khilafat has is the establishment which is by God Almighty himself so mm. a Khalifa although he is elected through a, a process of election and uh, there are uh, certain delegates who come together and there is a committee who um, votes and 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 he's elected but if we look at that process and go through people who have had the experience that they are guided by God Almighty himself mm. um, whom to choose and it is the most righteous person who is chosen and who has got the ability because it is Allah who puts in the minds of people who to elect and who would be the the, the person to elect and his his election when once he is elected uh, his appointment is lifelong um, so 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 he cannot he, he does not retire, mm -hmm. so yeah. it is for his life, for life. And and like then, and like the know, Pope, is not, uh, he doesn't retire. Oh uh, yeah, he doesn't lifetime, retire, so it, it is a lifetime uh, yeah. appointment. <coughs> and, and because he has got personal attachment to the people, uh, and he is there to guide, he is to, there to make decisions about, uh, um, you know, about the, 
interpretations of the uh, of the Holy Quran and and any um, jurisprudence issues as well. He, he is the one who is uh, because he is representing the the promised Messiah on whom be peace, who was supposed to be Hakam and Adil, who was the one whose decision would be the final. So he is the one who who does that job and the people. Um, they fall in love with him because he prays for them uh, and he, he once said, I remember he said that I do not go to sleep until I go to every country, go to every house and think about them and pray for them and people write to him and they communicate with him and they, he replies and he answers to you know, thousands of letters every day. Yeah. So, so uh, he's, uh, he's the one we, we have spoken today about him and uh, in this, uh, uh, you know, uh, covering that his USA tour and I hope um, and we pray, we, we all pray that his, his uh, trip is very successful. Absolutely, absolutely. I mean, this is, uh, this is just a gist, uh, just, a t just a flavor of, uh, of uh, the truthfulness of the promised Messiah upon whom be peace, the truthfulness of the Ahmadiyya Muslim community, and of course, an introduction to, to, to you know, the, 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 the blessed tour of His Holiness in America. This is just the beginning. Uh, but uh, when the tour comes to an end, maybe you know, maybe we might do another show in terms of uh, that as well. Thank you so much for listening and tuning in. Today's show was produced uh, by Faiza Mirza and Mahmoud, Faiza Said Ahmed, and also Zain Karim. Gentlemen, Zakumullah, thank you so much, and of course the technical support as well. Until next time, Assalamu Alaikum wa Rahmatullahi wa Barakatuhu.